Hey friends and welcome to episode four. Today we've got Reese Vanderside who's joining us in the hot seat. He's world famous in Australia. Before we get started, please do reach out to lifeline.org.au if you find yourself in a very shitty position mentally. They have trained professionals there to help you. One three double one one four. And if you want to reach out to the podcast hotline, it's 029541-8450. Leave us a 30-second audio clip, and we might play you on the podcast next time. As always, take care. Love you. Uh, lines and nines, boys. Take it easy. See us. God damn it, it's the world famous automotive photographer Reese Vanderside in my presence today. Reese, how are you? World famous. I am well, Josh. I am very well. You're very you're exceptionally world famous. People would uh, recognize you or the back of your head. Wait, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, that sounds exactly right. People definitely recognize the back of my head. Yeah, well, I should get a There's product. nothing you won't do for 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you're a um what was formerly the V8 supercar photographer primarily? That's your your main gig? Yeah, so or... motorsport photography. So okay. what I do is I follow supercars around, uh, Shannon's Nationals, uh, basically any national level motorsport event uh, I attend and uh, take photographs for teams, drivers, individuals, okay. um, sponsors, all sorts of bits and pieces. All right. Before we uh, continue on the formalities. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, okay. So supercars, we're not talking like um, McLarens, right? No Bugatti Rayrons yet. No I, have shot Mc- I have shot McLarens though. That's, okay. uh, I shoot uh, Ferraris and GTs and all like uh, in Australian GT. So we've got uh, those scale of cars, but in terms of supercars... Uh, supercars is obviously the Holden Ford Nissan uh, championship that uh, is the most popular form of motorsport in Australia. Right. So what's now called the Virgin Australia supercars, right? Yeah, Virgin Australia supercars. So I think the hashtag is VASC. Yes, V-A-S-C. So again, uh, that was rebranding to bring in options for other engines and there was talk of being a V6 turbo uh, Holden engine. Uh, for a long time and then uh, that kind of fizzled out into nothing so now we've just got v8s anyway right and so the uh, the v8s that are used yes those engines are they they the same across the the three manufacturers or no 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 so uh ford have their ford engine uh they i'm not exactly sure on which iteration of the ford v8 that they are using these days um but it's the it's a standard ford uh engine holden have their own proprietary engine which has been the same holden motorsport engine that's been built since uh oh, 15 years so they've got it well well sorted out and nissan actually brought in the nissan patrol v8 and then the patrol v8 yeah so the 4.2 liter v8 uh, that's in the nissan patrol and they bought it out and did a lot of work to build it up to be the five liter 
V8 uh, engine to comply with the Ford and the Holden uh, product. Okay. Are they um, so it's it's on capacity? The engines are they? Do they have to do horsepower testing or something? Or there's a whole lot of parity testing. So um, that's something that we've been going through a lot in terms of uh, supercars racing at the moment. So obviously, when you've got three very distinctly different cars, the Holden Commodore. Uh, the Nissan Altima, which isn't available for sale in Australia anymore, and uh, the new Ford Mustang. Uh, when you come into uh, racing with those particular cars, they're not there's discrepancies across the board. So uh, there is engine parity, and they have a similar. They've worked very hard to get a very similar power delivery across all three engines. Uh, but there's also other things like uh, center of uh, center of gravity weights. Um, aero parity, like they've they've done a lot of different things and constantly refining lots of little different things to make sure that uh, all three marks are fairly similar in terms of what their product is. Okay, so with the um, with the the cars, is the is the wheelbase then the same between the different manufacturers? Yeah, so okay. underneath the body skins of the the all three cars is a common frame. So. Uh, you may have seen at the start of the year that um, there was a big thing about the Ford chassis looking funky because it wasn't designed for a coupe car at all. So uh, the proportions of the Mustang road car and the proportions of the Mustang race car don't visually appear like they're right. They're now pretty close. They've done a very good job. Right, but NASCAR, you compare that to NASCAR, they're racing Toyota Camrys around the track and that doesn't look a fucking thing like a Camry. Yeah, well, so NASCAR's a little bit different. So what NASCAR have, if they've got a controlled car, basically. Right. So... They, they, what, they just let you paint it whatever colour you want? You literally put, either you want put Toyota stickers on it, Ford stickers on it, Chev stickers on it, Pontiac stickers on it. Like everything else about the car is absolutely perfectly the same, except for the engine and whatever the team's put in behind the scenes to make their cars go faster. Obviously, there's some, uh, lots of other. I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly the technicalities of NASCAR are, because um, obviously that changes on a fairly consistent basis and they yep. race 50 times a year or something ridiculous so um but yeah so what their product is is the the shell of the car is actually f- common across all cars whereas supercar racing the chassis controlled across all cars it's all very similar okay. um and then the panels over the top are different and then to try and replicate the road car as best as possible i mean you know, even the Commodore is not quite right. It's been cut and shut to fit. And then the Ultima has been stretched to fit. And the the uh, Mustang has been lifted, like the roof line has been lifted in the Mustang to fit the control chassis. So it's not... Um, so it's not as sleek as the sort of road-going version of it? No, but it is very close. I have I actually did a photo shoot for Auto Action comparing the roof lines and the, the light locations and... The body line of both cars, like we put a road version and a race version side by side, yeah. and it is actually very close, a lot closer than a lot of people thought initially. But um, yeah, so it's just a different. Um, it is a little bit different in some areas, but it's yeah, they've got it as close as they possibly could, given the limitations of the design. So the uh, the the supercar drivers, where so Craig Lowndes is retired now, right? He has. 
Uh, who, who at the moment would you say is probably your favourite driver to have had any sort of interaction with? Oh, look. Regardless of whether that's in the pits or taking photos or. Look, it's. Sharing a woman in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, look, as a photographer, I don't get to be privy of those sort of parties. Um, but uh, so, look, I've had a good relationship. Who takes the photos then at those parties? Uh, That'd be the rugby league players. Yeah, yeah, no, there's yeah. Th- that's a different set of uh, different set of sport. That one, um, no. So look, um, probably the driver that I've probably got the best relationship with is Anton Di Pasquale, but he was he's been a customer of mine since his Formula Ford days. So he actually raced um, Formula Ford uh, and local racing before going over to Europe, uh, and he had a genuine crack at racing overseas. Uh, that didn't quite work out with him as it doesn't for a lot of young racers because of the money factor. There's just You've got to come up with hundreds of thousands of euros to go race over there. And as much as we'd love to see the next Mark Webber, Daniel Ricciardo come through the system, they've got to have a lot of finances to do it. So as many of those young guys have a crack at it, um, realistically, it's not going to work out for a lot of them. Uh, they're going to run out of funds, and that's what happened with Anton. And he came back and he raced uh, Super Two over here in Australia again. And he was a customer again. What's su- Super Two? So sec- Super Two is the second tier of supercars racing. Okay. So is that Dunlop support series? Yeah. So or? Dunlop. Okay. So, so yeah, it is the Dunlop Super Two series. So you've got the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship, which is the top tier of, well, Australian motorsport, but uh, the top tier of V8 supercar racing as well. Uh, Super 2 is your second tier of supercars racing. So, same cars, just older versions of the same cars. So, so like last year's um, yeah, outgoing. Yeah, previous okay. generations. So, um, Supercars Championship runs the uh, ZB Commodore, Ford Mustang, which we mentioned, and the Nissan Altima. Of those, the only current model car, because it's so old, is the Altima in the Super 2 series. Uh the Super, Super 2 Series also runs the Ford Falcon, the previous generation, so the FGX, uh, and the uh, previous generation of the Commodore. So the, I can't even remember the model name now, said uh, FVF Commodore. So yeah, that, yeah. so they run that. Uh, and then there's a third tier, so the Super 3, which run even the older versions again. So it's the FG uh, Falcon and the uh, VE Commodore is what they race in that category. Okay. So there's three tiers of supercars racing. Australia. So that's almost like the the hand-me-downs of the supercars. Or? Yeah, yeah, and look, a supercar is a very particular car to drive. So um, have you driven one? I have actually. You have. Um, not like uh, a legit one. Yeah, sort of. Not quite 100 percent legit, um, but as close as uh, they're going to let some random photographer have a steer of. You're not random. You're there every single weekend. Yeah, well and for a while there, you you were wearing a, a green green hat. Green was your trademark color. Oh, my logo is still green. So okay. Yeah, so and what's the what's your company name? Inside Media. Inside, but yeah. inside with a Y. Yes, which right. is a play on my last name. Which is Vanderhoffen. <laughs> Something along those lines. Some random Dutch name. That's Van Van der Side. Yes. Right. And how long have you been um, a photographer? In inverted commas. Uh, I think I've always had a passion for taking photos. Like, whether it wasn't really something I thought of as a career initially, 
Uh, it wasn't until someone. Are said, you starting to think about it as a career? I think uh, I think a couple of years time I might be good enough to make it as a uh, photographer. photographer. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. Um, look, no, look. It wasn't something I thought of as a career initially. I just. I'm a very I can work I'm one of those people can kind of work anything out if I really wanted to um, so I did IT for a long time um, and then yeah I just had this opportunity where someone actually was willing to pay for some photos which was exceptional like I just didn't expect is this it. a well-known client this first client uh, so it was Motor Magazine so Ian Kelly a mutual friend of ours uh, saw some of my photos from a a drive event at Sydney Motorsport Park um, that Motor Magazine was involved with. And so what happened was they, or he got in touch and said, look, I saw those photos. You've got this really cracking sunset photo. Can we buy it? I'm like, okay. Um, so Did was, you have trouble kind of setting your price point there? Because you've uh, got nothing else to base it on. You've actually, just been taking photos for the love of it yep. to this point. And then finally, someone's like, "I want to buy some of your shears." Oh uh, well, Ian was very reasonable with that, so he ten million dollars. Uh, yeah, all of the money, all of it. Uh, no, so Ian, look, Ian was uh, very reasonable with that. He said, "Look, we'll buy." I sent him a whole link of photos. We don't have to talk the exact figure, yeah, yeah. but so yeah. I just sent, "Look, here's everything I took. Pick out what you want," um, and I didn't think anything else of it. Um, and then the next issue of Motor Magazine came out and there was a full three-page spread of my photos. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, there might be something to this. I'm not sure yet, but there might be something to it. So um, Ian was pretty good. He said, look, send us an invoice for this, uh, this amount of money. And I'm like, oh, okay. All Are right, you happy no. with it? Oh, that well, amount of money? For something that I thought was I should have done for free, yes. Um, yeah. And look, and I hadn't taken it seriously. I wasn't editing, editing the photos properly. Is that almost like being paid for masturbating? Basically, yes. Yeah. Like you, I could get in on that. Yeah, look, yeah. I'm very fortunate. I've got a job that a lot of people will be very willing to do for free, and people are willing to pay me money for it. So it's awesome. I uh, must be doing something right. But yeah, so that was something that came through, and so I didn't think much more of it. But I thought, oh, look, Ian, there's this event coming up. I'll shoot it for you. You don't have to pay me. Um, I'll send you the photos. You choose, what, like, if you think it's good enough, then use the thing and then I'll send you an invoice for the same amount as we did for the last one. And I didn't, like, I sent them the photos. I didn't think anything more of it. And then the next issue of Motor Magazine came out and there was a five-page spread of my photos. I'm like, wow. right, okay, there might be something to this now. Maybe. I think what it is is they're sticking to prime numbers. <laughs> yes. So, well, magazine features work better in odd numbers because then you've got the cover page and then you've got the two-page spread. So that's how magazine features tend to work. Um, and that's why it's odd numbers. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah, th that was just something that came up and I thought, oh, maybe there's something to this and then I'll... So then I started putting some serious thought into it and some pre serious practice into it. And uh, yeah, just led to, one thing led to another. So I must have been all right at it. All right. So you, you decided to chuck in your shitty IT job. Well... I work in IT. It's not that bad. <laughs> well, I didn't decide to chuck it in. I it's basically being paid for masturbating. Well, yes. <laughs> well, watching other people masturbate, I guess. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, you couldn't pay me enough to no, do that. No, Wait a second, I've seen porn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, it's, uh, it's yeah, I look, I did IT for a while and look, to be honest, I tried to balance the two because I still wasn't quite sure that uh, the, the photography thing would work out even though I'd done a full season of supercars racing. At the end of your IT career, what's what sort of income were you 
earning that you were now looking down the barrel of potentially earning zero after that? Uh, you're talking like 70, 80, 100 grand. Yeah, 80, 90, I think was the situation I was in at the time. And and so that's that's a decent wicket. And, and this stage, you in a relationship, married, girlfriend? No. So at that stage, what had happened is I'd had uh, come out of a relationship and it had all turned to shit, which is actually the reason why I was at Sydney Motorsport Park in the first place. Is um, like a re- I had a relationship that had all turned to shit after many, many years. Um, and I thought, well, I'll probably do things that make me happy, which was one of those things was going down to Sydney Motorsport Park and taking photos, so I did that. Um, and so, yeah, I was out of the relationship, so I didn't really have any commitments, and I was, um, uh, yeah, I was actually in a quite fortunate situation where I could get out of paying rent and move in with mum and dad and literally put, take all the expenses out of the equation to actually go and pursue doing this for a living because if I wasn't in that situation, like if I'd had commitments, if I'd had a relationship, if I had to keep ma- paying a rent or mortgage or something like that, it just it's something that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have been able to make the wholehearted decision to go and try and make enough money each event, which is that there's only 30 motorsport events a year. So you've got to try and make a whole year's worth of income in 30 weekends. Right. So you're, so there's 30... So that means you're traveling all over Australia quite a bit? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I was just in Brisbane uh, last week. Um, I'm off to Adelaide in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm all, I've been to Perth, Townsville, Darwin, Launceston. Um, I've just, yeah, I'm in, in the airport every other week yep. at this point. So, yeah. How do you find that? Because you, you, you're traveling around... You're always seeing, interacting with people, but you're not really interacting with other people. Look, it's uh, it can be quite a lonely life. You're like you're spending a lot of time in hotel rooms by yourself. Uh, you're spending a lot of time in airport lounges, rushing to the next thing. Um, yeah, look, it, is, it can be a quite lonely life. You end up in some uh, some really interesting places, and you end up trying to make a most of a day by yourself. Um, and like you can say, like there are other people in the sport, but uh, everyone's got their own commitments. So a lot of the photographers who have families, a lot of the team, uh, team personnel, uh, officials, drivers, mechanic, like there's just the, the supercar circus is thousands of people. Um, a lot of them have families, so they're rushing out the night, like they're trying to get the midnight flight home um, to get home to their families and other things like that. Whereas I don't necessarily necessarily have that commitment so i can potentially spend the extra day in some of these places which is fantastic um if it wasn't so you treat the the follow-up day is uh or that you maybe the day leading in or the 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 day on the way out as a bit of a holiday day yeah i I see some of the stuff that you post on instagram you obviously your photos are pretty good yeah they might be okay i'll get get there eventually nothing Uh, photoshop can't (laughs) fix exactly um if you take enough photos you'll get a good one eventually that's that's my theory right so Uh, it's uh accuracy by volume yes exactly this the trick is to cull like if you you just take enough photos you'll get a good one eventually no um look uh yeah so i try to give myself a day as my weekend as such um so it's not something like Sometimes I don't get to do that. So obviously I was in Brisbane the other day and uh, instead of flying to that one, I decided to drive because I was up there for two weeks um, and it was just more convenient to have um, 
a car and whatnot up there. So we've got we've got my uh, yeah your puppy trusty sidekick going nuts, constantly with, licking our hands. So I'm not quite sure what I've managed to get on my hands, but she's all over. I think it. It's probably a result of all that masturbating we were talking about. Uh, protein, I see. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. I have to get rid of this dog. It appears to be broken. <laughs> She's had some Reese's pieces. That's fucked. Oh, I have heard that joke many and many a time, but never, never in, that in that context. context. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. It doesn't matter. What? Uh, what's for the for those young players at home? Just on the on the photography level. If someone picks up a DSLR, that's always a good sign. So start with that. Yeah, yep. It'll come with what? Is it an 1850? Is that a normal sort of lens that comes with those kits? It honestly depends on the kit. Like you can get yeah. some really fandangled kits these days. So they'll come with a, either a single kit lens or a two uh, two lenses. So a two lens kit for a thousand bucks. Yep. What? For the for the players at home, then you, you can you've got thirty seconds to give them three tips. Pra- what are they? Practice, practice, practice. Uh, <laughs> I would have said location, location, location. That might, that might be my real estate. Yeah, no, no, that's definitely real estate. No, look, in all honesty, it depends on what you want to do with photography. So, as a general photography thing, like the only way you're ever going to get any better at it is by practicing. So, you go out and shoot what you want to shoot. So, for me, uh, to refine my skills as a motorsport photographer I actually spent a whole day at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park just doing panning photos I took panning s- what's so panning is a technique of taking a photo where you use a slow shutter speed uh, which is probably not ideal for sport and then moving with the car to create a mm, motion okay. blur in the background. So you try the idea. So is you create the illusion of speed. In yeah, the yeah. So car. it's the, it's probably one of the things I do better than most. Well, it's one of the things I do better than amateur photographers. Um, and that's one of the things that differentiates the good people from the bad people in terms of motorsport photography and even automotive photography. So, ba- all right. So that's one of the things you do better. What are what's one of the things that you either completely suck at? Or maybe just need some improvement. Um, my people skills is a problem, actually. To be brutally honest. Yeah, you are autistic as fuck. Oh, uh, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm a socially awkward introvert. So, intro- <laughs> having like, a microphone in your face is perfect. Yeah, well, look, yeah. This, this one's not too bad. It's one on one, but as an introvert, big groups of people is not something that works well for me. I like interactions of one, two people, three people, fine, not a problem at all. Fifteen people problem um and look and when you're at a racetrack there's a lot of people and when you're trying to interact with people and trying to make sales and trying to reach out to new customers obviously there's a lot of people around so it's very an uncomfortable experience for me to try and approach people to pitch them your wares yeah i'm like i'm not a big salesperson hey hey bro want to check out this awesome photo i took of you when you crashed your car (laughs) i mean he's he's head in the hands he's distraught and you're like this can be yours for 500 bucks i have actually got photo sales out of a guy breaking his back in a race car like just just, he wanted those photos for a memento of the occasion so um look it doesn't like yeah, that's the, it's the people side of things where I tend to struggle and I don't tend to... So I tend to do things from a marketing perspective to try and compensate for that. So a lot of sharing my work on social media, a lot of putting stuff on my website, a lot of um, 
trying to create awareness about the product that I deliver and uh, showcasing my worth and then have people approach me because that's much easier for me but I miss out on a lot of sales because I'm not the person going to, and directly chasing down all these customers which is going to and that's the biggest uh, hurdle for me in terms of doing what I do. So that's at a professional like running your own business level. So yeah. what is it that I guess the, the what is it that gave you the balls then knowing that you are an introvert? And that you you can be socially awkward. I haven't found you that way because I guess we've been friends. Yeah, and look, we but have interactions in small groups, so yeah. that's it's a different scenario. So yeah. So w- what kind of gave you the balls then to step out of your own shadow and and go and actually start your own business? Because um, that's a fucking ballsy thing for for anybody to do, let alone somebody who's not good with with groups of people. Like you want to be ultimately very very successful, so lots of people are coming to you, yeah, yeah. but your innate fear is that you don't want people coming to you. Yeah, that's exactly the... Does that cause yeah, quite yeah. a bit of cognitive dissonance? Yeah, yeah, Are you no, constantly anxious? Yeah, yeah. No, You're like, oh. please come to me. No, fuck off. Yeah, no, yeah. no, come. No, fuck off. Come to me, but in a single no file. What yeah, yeah. <laughs> at a time. Take, a, a, take a number. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, look... Um, that's like me with my dating life. <laughs> come to me one at a time. Yeah. And then none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've run out of tickets. That's the problem there. Uh, No, I've got plenty. Oh, okay. They're all on me. Then you're screwed. So, (laughs) uh, look, um, yeah, look, that's, um, I don't know. I've always had this knack for wanting to do my own thing. I like creating things. I'm a fairly fairly creative person. I tried to start an IT company many, many years ago. I started. What was that called? Uh, inside your computer no it was no, not that would have been a better one yeah look I know I've tried I've, I've always had this knack for or not knack this ambition to have a something that was mine that I was building for me and I've done that with a lot of other people when I was working in IT and other businesses where I was basically number two at that company and building something for somebody else and I did it quite successfully for a couple of people and I thought no no I want to build something for me and so I've always had that drive, and so you want to you want to live or die on your own terms. Yeah, absolutely. And if your business had been just a miserable failure, well, yeah, well, I would've... you would have been reasonably okay with that because yeah. it was still on your terms. Look, I don't. I have no. I've got no issue with failing, whether it's in business or. I quite da- enjoy it. Yeah, look, business or Seems dating. To be quite good, okay. <laughs> look, it's um like I, I if it's on me, then it's on me, and I don't care whether. If I've done the best job I can do and it hasn't worked, then so be it. Like that's that's never been a concern for me. I'd rather try, give it a crack, and do the best job I can do and see if it works out. So, um, and look, I've always got the opportunity. If there's, I, again, something I, I can work most things out. So if I decide that this isn't the oh, the photography thing hasn't worked out for whatever reason down the track technology's changed, contracts have changed, whatever the situation is and it's not financially viable, then I could potentially go do something else. Uh, and I can go and work out how to do that and then just go and do it. Um, I did it with IT and I can probably do it for a lot of other things. I'm fairly in tune to working out how things work and how to make So you're a good problem solver? Very good problem solver. Are you a reasonable problem creator? Uh, no, no, that's your job. Right. <laughs> I'm also a good problem solver though. Yeah, well... Well, I'm good at telling the people how they're solving the problem incorrectly. I feel like that helps. Yeah. So. Way to be a good friend. Uh, right, so you, now you're at the 
kind of the you, would you consider yourself at the top of your game regarding particularly supercars Australia or Virgin Australia supercars? Look, I I work with supercars, so look, that's in terms of being able to, or in terms of what you can do in Australian motorsport, that's kind of the pinnacle. So right, so you are at the top of your game. Yeah, look, I know I don't work f- with them on their with their supercars program. They've got somebody else who's done that for f- twenty years and will continue to do that for until he decides he doesn't want to do that anymore or dies. Or yes, we also could sort that out. <laughs> uh, look, no, and he's a good bloke. So look, that's that's the situation. But they've enlisted me to do their second tier series. So Super Two, I do their Super Utes program for them. Um, and I work with a lot of people, uh, a lot of young guys coming through. I don't work with any of the supercar teams directly uh, at this stage, and that's fine. That's not the way I've set up my business, um, and it's probably worked out better that way because if you get a supercar team, you work basically exclusively for them, and you're very limited in what you can and cannot do, um, which is just the nature of the industry. It's fairly regulated because of the commercial rights uh, and the Foxtel deals and all these other little bits and pieces that go in behind the scenes. Um, so I tend to work with a lot of younger drivers and help them build their careers. And um, so an expansion on the photo side of things is helping them with their media, doing videos for those guys, um, helping them understand the things they need to do in terms of sponsorship and commercial arrangements um, and building up, helping them build up their skill sets and the people around them to deliver their careers. And if I can do something to see one of those guys go through and be the next Daniel Ricciardo or uh, Craig Lowndes or Jamie Winkup, um, I'd be pretty chuffed with that. Right. Yeah, cool. That's a, uh, that's quite a, an altruistic, I mean, you are going to make money from it. Well, yeah, I do make money. But it'd be a bit of a chest beating moment where you can say, uh, you know, I was there with um, Craig Lowndes when he was just got into Formula 4 or whatever the case is. Yeah, so I'm building up those relationships with those young guys and uh, working with them to build up their careers. And there's some of them that have gone on to do different things. So I've had a couple of guys go to the US and pursue their IndyCar ambitions. They, I mean, they're not in IndyCar, but they're trying to be the next willpower. Um, had a couple of guys... Wasn't willpower a DJ? No, no, that's... I've got no idea. Pretty sure it was... Uh, there's probably a DJ called Will Power, but if you're going to have a name, uh, you're going if you're going to have a uh, ambitious name, Will Power is probably a good one. Who? What's the um? What's the most expensive car that you've taken photos of that you've been commissioned? Is that the right word? Yeah, commissioned. Commissioned. Yeah. So someone said, "Reese, your shit's hot. Uh, come and take a photo of my multi-million-dollar supercar." Uh so. I've had the privilege of photographing some fairly fantastic cars. Um, obviously, race cars are fairly expensive, but in terms of road cars, uh, I've worked with uh, Ferrari a couple of times. So I've shot their Berlinetta, the F12. Um, so As in for Ferrari Australia, or is it Ferrari uh, a- a- Asia Pacific? Yeah, Ferrari, so Ferrari Asia Pacific have been a customer of mine uh, in the uh, time to time. Uh, I've done some work with Toyota, um, some work with Porsche. Um, I've done some work with some other, other editorial outlets like Cars Guide, uh, Motor, Wheels, those sort of guys. So, yeah, I've worked with some pretty expensive cars. I mean, uh, yes, today, actually. Today I had the, um, the F-Type Jaguar, uh, the SVR, and um, the Range Rover Sport SVR that I got to play with. So they're a couple hundred thousand dollars each. Um, so were they just chucking the keys? 
Yeah, so I've got a pretty good relationship with the journalists that um, we that I work with, and they've got a we've got a level of respect and trust in each other. Uh, and part of that is that they'll give me the keys to the car to drive it to a particular location to get it shot, um, and then I drive it back to them and hand it back to them. And uh, in this particular instance, I had to go to uh, Jaguar, Range Rover, Australia, or whatever it's called, and uh, do the car swap over. So it was just more convenient for me to shoot both cars today. Uh, so picked one up. Uh, this morning, uh, shot it, and then took it to took the car to do the swap over at uh, Jaguar because um, obviously it's the same company. So, what's the the ex- the most expensive one that we're talking about there? Uh, so, the most expensive one I probably shot is the oh, it's a Ferrari. So, it'll either be the the F12 Berlinetta or uh, which is a 1.2 million dollar car, or there was. Uh, the FF, I think I shot the FF, so that's another $1.2, $1.5 million car. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Like What's I, the FF? What's that stand for? I don't know, Fast Ferrari or something silly like that. Fucking fast? <laughs> yeah. Look. On a personal level, what has been the most challenging thing for you? Stepping out of being in a in a sort of job where someone can, that they just go, they point you at something and they say, do this, and that you know what's expected of you. And you know whether you're doing it or not doing it well versus now working for yourself. Well, see, that's probably not something I've done. Even when I was working for other people, the only uh, reassurance was that I had a regular paycheck. Like, uh, You went out there, though, finding the customers. I've had to do that in the past when I've worked in real jobs and I've had to do... Uh, I've had to manage a lot of that sort of stuff. So I'm obviously... I'm one of those people that likes to take control and work things out. I'm very... I'm just, I'm not boasting here, but I'm a fairly smart person. <laughs> Look, I'm a fairly fairly smart person, so I can work most things out. So, a lot of the IT companies I work for worked out that I was a fairly smart person. I could manage and control things, and so the owners of the company would put me in charge of the whole, basically the whole thing, uh, other than paying people's wages and uh, leave me to my own devices. So. Stepping out and doing the IT, uh, stepping out of IT and doing the photography thing, not a lot of that's changed, other than the fact that I'm accountable for paying myself. Right. So. And how's that going? You you you're kicking some financial goals? Uh, look, if you're trying to do something to make a lot of money, motorsport photography is not the thing. Like it, as I said before, it's one of those things where there's a lot of people that would be willing to do it for free because it is such an amazing thing, and it is. It's a genuine like going to travel around the country, uh, hanging out with race cars all day. Like, it's it's something pretty spectacular. But in saying that, there's a lot of people out there willing to do it for free. And they do. So trying to justify to people that um, what they're actually paying coin for is worthwhile is very, very difficult and can be very difficult. So you've got to build up those long-standing relationships um, with the guys that appreciate the value that you're providing uh, you mean the ones with the deepest pockets? Not necessarily the ones with no? the deepest pro- pockets. The ones who appreciate the, the artistic nature of your work. Well, yeah, and sort of just under- like the, the extra value things like the helping them with their commercial arrangements and some of the other stuff that goes into the whole package, not just taking the photos. Because if you're just taking photos, you're never going to survive in this industry. It's just there's more to it than that. Right, so uh, it's developing the relationships. Yeah, it's developing the relationships and being providing more... V- if I remember correctly, we were talking about... Um, so you were out at Bathurst one year? 
And I've been a Bathurst every year, so let's... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Actually, I go to Bathurst four, four or five times a year, so we're going to have to be a little bit more... You'll sustained. see my cousin Jason out there maybe yeah, one day at high, is his high school. <laughs> the um, You had one photo, which was on the... Was it the near the bridge at the end of the, the main street just before they come back onto the start grid area? And there was just the perfect time of day... You happened to sneak out, getting one shot as the sun was coming up or going down, something along those lines. Is that you're talking about the Bathurst 12-hour photo, the, yeah. light, the light trail one? The light trail. No, I'm thinking it's the, 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 the bridge was in it somehow. Oh, okay. And the sun was either just coming up or just going down. And you took that photo and you're like, you explained it to us, that's the best fucking photo I've ever taken. And then you turned around and you're like, I'm going to fucking sell this. Yep. You turned around and there was another photographer standing there <laughs> who goes, yeah, that is a good shot. <laughs> and then he sold the photo. Oh. Or at least he's now cut your price in half yeah, that you're going to be able to possibly get for it. Yeah. So no matter how good you are, there's a f- arguably someone with a fucking Galaxy S4, great phone Android, but the Galaxy S4 potentially with this shitty camera could just be in the right moment, the right time and can cash in and get $20,000 for a photo. And here you are having poured years and years of you know blood, sweat and tears. Look, it swings around about. So yeah, you look, you get those summer things where like right place, right time, a lot of luck, a lot of prep- preparation to get that luck um, can pay off. And then sometimes you're like... The Chaz Mostert crash a couple of years ago, where he destroyed the car and basically himself, like he was, he didn't couldn't drive for a couple of couple of rounds after that, and he broke a leg and bounced over the fence. And like, we've, if you go and search it on YouTube, the uh, Chaz Mostert's 2016 Bathurst crash, like huge, huge crash. So but the one with the fire? No, no, it's no. one where he bounced over the fence and hit the Marshall Post. So, oh, okay. so. Like, nobody was there. Like, there was no photographers. It was a top 10 shootout. So, you, in terms of uh, being in the right place at the right time. Like, no one was there. None of the photographers, none of the certified photographers were there to get the shot because it's just not something you do during a top 10 shootout. So, some of the spectators there got paid quite handsomely to get those photos that they captured because um, they, they were there, right place, right time. Um, but in saying that, it, it swings around about. It's like I got a spectacular crash of um, Scotty Taylor's where he broke his back. Like, um, And Scotty Taylor is a, a fairly wealthy businessman and he can... Uh, spend money on basically whatever he feels like and um, wheelchairs yeah you know, well he got his back fixed up so he, mm. he probably bought a new one wow. <laughs> so some like, carbon fiber yeah look, no, like it was a big crash um, but I happened to be the only photographer there who managed to get it so and then so that one worked out quite well for me so it, 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 do you see so it's there seems to be a recurring theme that the times that you're getting paid the most is when somebody else like months their car into a wall, yeah, basically, like it's. So that's what you like, because no one wants to see a photo of even of themselves. This, this is the thing. Like it's, it's one thing where a newspaper might approach you and say, "Look, we need." It was in our town in Launceston yeah. or Lawney, as the locals call it. <laughs> that one time you went there. That one time, fuck off! I've been there multiple times. Just <laughs> one time when the race was on. The. Uh, the situation being, so a newspaper might approach you possibly, not likely, right, for the most part, but they might approach you if you happen to get a photo of a particular crash and they're like, yeah, yeah we want that for the 18 people that are going to be reading the newspaper. Yeah, both of them. Yes. <laughs> both Ma and Pa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 
That's one thing, but it seems like the teams themselves are actually wanting to buy the photos of their own despair from you. Look, um, it tells a story. Like, we want to... Again, well brought up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, what I try to do in my photos is tell the story of the weekend—the good, bad, and indifferent. So, whether—and that's what I built up with my customers. So sometimes you have a good weekend, you win, you get to spray the champagne, you stand on the podium, you get a trophy. Other weekends, you end up in the gravel trap on your roof. <laughs> it's just—that's yep. the story of the weekend. And that's normally how my nights out go. Yes. End up spraying champagne or <laughs> in a gravel pit on my roof. Yeah, yeah. So, look, it's the same with motorsports. So, look, and that's um, and it's about telling the story of the weekend. And that's some people don't do that. Some people will focus on the artistic stuff, and there's an element of that you've got to get that right as well. Um, but you've also got to be able to put together a selection of photos from the weekend that say this is how things played out. What's yeah. the most money you've been paid for one photo? Uh, for one photo. I'm not talking about commissions or anything like that, but just for one. Just the one photo. Don't tell us what it is. It's a secret. Well, uh, the most amount of money. So the, co- the, dollar, f- the, dollar, the dollar value. Figure. Yeah. Australian dollars, if you don't mind. Uh, I know you're a man of the world. Most amount of money. I would, oh, I'd probably, I would have got a couple of grand for... One motor, yeah, so a couple of grand would probably be, so three. And what was the shutter speed? A uh, thousand. So, so how many seconds is that? One thousandth of a second. Okay, that makes sense. So one one thousandth of a second yep. for $2,000. Yep. I challenge anybody out there to beat that hourly rate. <laughs> no wonder photographers are so fucking wealthy. Uh, you've, you've taken a very big scale and you've reduced it to something that's... How dare you question my logic, Reese? <laughs> One one thousandth of a second. So let's extrapolate that out, shall we? <laughs> yes. So that's two thousand times one thousand, which equals two million dollars per second. Yes. Times by sixty seconds equals one hundred and twenty million dollars per minute. Multiplied <laughs> by sixty yep. gives us seven point two billion dollars an hour. Yes. And you don't think you're paid that well. Uh, the look, fuck is wrong with you? You are so selfish. Did you see the <laughs> shitbox I drove up in? If I Nothing was wrong <laughs> with a RAV4, mate. Look, if... Um, yeah, look, it, there's a... Uh, Just remember, yeah. when somebody says, what's your hourly rate? <laughs> you say $7.2 billion uh, per hour. Yes. If I could get one of those a year, I'd be quite happy. That, 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 that's, that would be good. <laughs> Dear God, Reese. That's just basic math. Yeah, look, I can't argue with the logic. The practicality is completely fucked. <laughs> just be less shit every day. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> no, what I'm relying on is more people to be shit and me capturing it. That's, that's, that's the problem there. So, we, <laughs> so how, why don't you just go around and sabotage the cars? You've got all access to the pits, right? <laughs> I have very good access. The problem is trying to orchestrate a shunt of that nature is very difficult. You've got to get a lot of factors involved. Just pay the guy who's very clearly going to come in last place the couple of grand to just punt someone off the track. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Oh. We'll see what we can come. Worst up with. things have been done, Reese. Oh, and based the safety systems in these cars are fantastic. There's very little chance that someone's going to do something like break their back. 
Yeah, okay, sure. Like, it has happened. I genuinely have photographic evidence of that. Right. And that was, you know, based on your hourly rate. <laughs> yeah. No, that, well, actually, that wasn't that particular photo, to be honest, so. You're, so you're travelling around Australia. Yes. Regularly. You're a gold, I assume you're at least a gold frequent flyer at this point. I or am, no, no, I am a gold frequent flyer. So that's with Qantas? No, Virgin. That's with Virgin? Yes. Okay. Support people, support the sport. Ah, yes, that's right. Virgin <laughs> Australia Supercars. What happens if uh, Tui's are picking it up next year or something? Well, then I'm going to be drinking a lot and walking a lot of places. Right. <laughs> I would just drink and drive. And that's the reasonable thing to do. You've got alcohol and racing combined. <laughs> do you need more encouragement to get out there and drink and drive? Uh, yes, a lot you more. You do? Yes, a lot more encouragement. No, I'll po- work on it. Possibly uh, some sort of safety. Jack Daniels shield. Racing. Yes. No wonder they're not winning all the time. Well, they're also out of the sport. Well, there's that. <laughs> Fucking alcoholics. How's uh, Scotty McLaughlin and his Volvo going this year? Fantastically, since considering really it's a Ford good. Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one time you showed up to one race and you think you know everything. I've watched Bathurst many times. So we were um, we were sitting at the pub the other night having a conversation and. Uh, shout out to everyone who has actually had a listen with their ear holes on the on the Pomcast. But what I'm about to burp into the microphone, Reese. Oh, I'm trying not to be as nearly as rude as everybody else. <laughs> so uh, we, um, I'm just get, there's going to be a little bit of background noise here for a second because I'm I'm just trying to load up. Shout out to a guy Dean who I used to work with now oh this is funny I've been enjoying some of the feedback from people which is hey we're really enjoying it didn't know you ever wanted to kill yourself congratulations um, was that on not doing it or, or not or yeah, thinking about yeah, it yeah like, I don't know we, we give you some encouragement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so Dean Dean gives me some feedback and, and we're just chatting backwards and forwards over what's effectively Skype and he says Josh you probably shouldn't drink so much before you do the podcast next time. And I said, I'd only had like six, seven, eight beers and I can generally hold my liquor quite well. And he said, that guy that's talking to you, Raph, he sounds (laughs) retarded, like actually retarded. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. But like, this is some real harsh feedback. It doesn't, but look, you know, whatever, everyone's going to have their own opinion. And I, I'm totally okay with that. I don't really care too much about what other people think, but I, it seemed like his his feedback was not necessarily in line with anybody else's. <laughs> so he called me back in the afternoon after listening to an hour plus of the podcast and said, you'll never fucking believe what happened. Uh, I'm quite gullible, so I believed it instantly. <laughs> but he um, he said that he was listening back to it at half speed. Now, if we could just... And I, I'm astounded that he managed to listen to an hour plus of this because I wouldn't fucking do it. Yeah. But if I could just... I, I'm going to try and play it back through uh, through my phone and if that doesn't work out, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cut it in after the fact. We'll see how we go. .com's. He's doing a Perry H branding at the moment for his personal brand. But <laughs> so... Um, any of the missing links, so... <laughs> Accidentally had it. Set. He said his brand new Audi fucking did it like automatically. He had no idea. So I can appreciate the fact that he thought I was p- particularly munted on the <laughs> 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 on the microphone. Uh, 
Dean, fucking well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's quite special effort. That's very... <laughs> that was tremendous. The, uh, but it's the listing back in the pub later. That, that was, was so fucking funny. <laughs> 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 I was in tears, properly in tears. The, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the um, the Tuesday night, so we do a uh, like regularly, I try and do it most Tuesdays, but you're obviously a man about town and out shooting photos and slaying, I can't think of anything that rhymes with photos but means women. Yeah, no, I, I you're on your own on that one. Right, <laughs> and much, yeah. much the same as what you are, I yes. guess, when you're in all these towns. Yes. The uh, Tuesday night steak night I found to be like really really good. So it's steak night, but we generally get schnitzel. Yeah, look the 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 defining factor of steak night is not actually having the steak. That's the that's the key thing. Right. So, but <laughs> is it that that it's night? It's it's more the night. Mm, that works. So on a Tuesday night, we try and um, get as many of us together as we possibly can, which tends to be three. And it's been a long-running tradition, and it seems that yourself, me, and uh, and Ben Chemin <laughs> have have been the ones who have mostly sort of stuck with it. But as I've been through a lot of the uh, the challenging stuff over the last few years, even a transition into to fatherhood and moving around regarding jobs and part times when I was, you know, financially quite poor and yep. uh, those kinds of things, is sitting down and, and having having a couple of beers and, and having a feed with uh, with you and Ben and, and Jeremy blows in and out and we've had racing and those yep. kinds of guys has, has actually been one of the things that I look forward to most in my week yep. because I know I can just show up to the pub, have a laugh, uh, r- talk about all the fuck-ups that I've made in the last seven days. Yep. And, and it's one of those like judgment-free zones. And, you know, I, I just want to say thank you. you. You know, definitely definitely helped me through some stuff indirectly. And I hope I've, I've yeah, encouraged well, you to um, start your own business. Because yeah. Connell and I, all we ever did was say, quit your fucking job, uh, Reese, and yeah. start doing photography full-time yeah. because we didn't have any skin in the game. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, yeah, look, st- I think Steak Night is one of those things that's uh, benefited all of us. Uh, it was something we did many, many, many years ago. Uh, and then was rebooted. Uh, I think I put a lot of effort into trying to reboot it once I went through a lot of shit. Um, and so, and then people come and go, which is fine. That's the nature of life. Um, but yeah, so we would just, it was a good opportunity for us to just sit down, talk shit, drink beers. And like, I, don't know, I think it's something that's uh, probably a lot of people can benefit from is having that core group of friends there that you can do talk shit and just have that regular thing so what yeah. i found really good also is the the fact that it's on a we do it on a weeknight so yeah. tuesday night um that's good because we're not we're not going to hang around and just sink a million beers because we all have to get up and go to work tomorrow yeah. well you don't you're a photographer I you earn 7.2 billion dollars an hour and i haven't worked in years mate. you never have to work <laughs> that's uh that's been a really good thing it's yep. it's you know as, as long as people are in charge of their alcohol yep. um which we all seem to be Particularly me and Connell, <laughs> very much in charge of our alcohol. The it, it's it's a really good thing. It, it sort of works in with your week instead yeah. of going out and hitting the hitting the beers with the boys on a Friday night. I mean, you're you're always unavoidably detained on a on a Friday night anyway. For the most part, yes. Yeah, 
out taking photos of people crashing their cars. The it, it's it's been a very good social thing. It's been very good from a from a support thing and. No idea was ever a, a bad idea. Yep. Apart from the time I suggested hand jobs for everybody. Look, the friction was the issue. It you was. Should have lubed up first. It would have been okay. Those sandpaper gloves. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. the fuck was I thinking? I don't know. I know I what I was thinking. You, well, I know what you were thinking. Yes, obviously, <laughs> but it wasn't. Really it, w- it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> but it's uh, all jokes aside. Yeah, it really is a, a genuine thing, and we would encourage everyone to to sort of get out there and and do that as much as possible possible to yep. support. Just your mates, and again, keep it keep it on that weeknight because you're not going to get too carried away, and the miso is not going to blow up too much about the fact that you're out with the boys, and you can be there Friday back at home, and then you can be there be there and actually authentically be there Saturday because you're not going to be ridiculously hungover. Yeah, look, I think it's I'm sure we're not the only people that have stumbled across this. Uh this, uh, I don't know, man. It seems to be a struggle. Yeah, well, that's true. Everyone's too caught up in their own fucking heads to uh, to get out there, and not even about getting support, but the, the fact that you could go out there and support another one of your brothers that's might be going through something, and it doesn't matter how how sort of minute. It could be a case of oh, fu- I fucked up with my tax, and I've got to pay a thousand dollars in um, in tax instead of getting a refund, yep. or helping him drink his refund. <laughs> Yeah, look, it didn't. Uh, I think it's it's again. It was something that was born out of uh, my need for help, or it was rebooted out of my need for having that relationship uh, with other people. And um, I assume that everyone else has had. Well, I know for full well that you've had a situation that where it's become beneficial for you. Whereas I've kind of got my shit together a little bit more now, and no doubt at some point it'll be beneficial for somebody else when we've got our shit together. If that's ever ever going to happen, mm. <laughs> I don't anticipate ever having no, our shit together. No, now. no, I've, I'm just going to have loose stool from now on. Yeah, that's that's fair. Look, yeah. Uh, and yeah, look, I think it's just yeah that. Whether it's a Tuesday night or Wednesday night or something in that middle of the week where no Wednesday nights don't work for you. No, well they don't work for me, but they might work for other people. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking of your greater audience. Look, this is not just you and me. There are at least another person out there listening to this. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Hello, mum. Yeah. The so right. So what? Um, from so you, you talked about there your need to to reach out. So. Was your the, the the majority of your internal turmoil then in your career and your life, your up until here, was the the majority of that off the back of your your long term relationship, or has there been a, a lot of um, mental challenges for yourself over the years? Oh look, I again so with being the introvert, um, like people's pe- doing the people thing has always been a struggle for me. Like it always will be. Like it's just one of those. I like how you phrase that, doing the people thing. <laughs> you mean existing in society? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, right, that, okay, yeah, yeah, that look, bit. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that one, that's the one. Look, um, it's just one of those things I've kind of always struggled with in one way, shape, or form. And then getting that emotionally invested in a relationship with another person is a big commitment for. Uh, someone in that situation, uh, you've bec- actually become reliant on someone, which is just un- uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable, and then to have that ripped away, which is that, that was just the nature of the situation. Uh, there's things I did wrong, and there was other things that were, weren't right, and it's just the nature of that situation. But that literally ripped me apart. Yeah. Um, so you mean figuratively? Figuratively, literally, <laughs> like. <laughs> I was half the person I am now back then, so... So, you'd, so you've actually doubled. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, 
Stop putting facts in the story. We're let's not, go back to that seven point two billion dollars <laughs> an hour that you're earning. <laughs> let's let's just leave the facts out of the story for a second. There, all right. Um, Don't there's facts here in the way of a good yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Look, and so yeah, look, oh, I was in a shitty place, and so I'd seek some help about that. And it's one of those things that people from like professional help. Yeah, yeah professional help. Like yeah. it's sort of psychologists, and they. Uh, they sort of explained the situation to me and uh, they explained the introvert thing to me, which is something I didn't realise at that point, um, which... I, I Not I, ironic, though, because you... <laughs> I've never... I don't like talking to people, so nobody had ever told me that I don't like talking to people. Exactly. Right. If someone's, if you're not talking to people, then people aren't going to tell you what the problem is, are right. they? No, so, that's true. Uh, look, no. So, look, it, it, no, it was something that was explained to me then and then I sort of understood a lot more things about myself. Um and then I knew that I needed to have an outlet that was comfortable, which was a small group of people that I could communicate with uh, and catch up with, uh, which is what State Night was. Really? Familiar people. So, so the, 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 uh, the sort of reforming of Steak Night was actually an output of you going to a therapist. Uh, yeah, amongst other things. I feel violated, Reese. <laughs> I had no idea that you had a paid professional <laughs> tell you to hang out with me. No, Not no. me specifically, obviously. They no. would have advised against me showing up. Yeah, yes, actually, <laughs> I you think could, they uh, would if have. If you could just avoid hanging out with that Josh guy, yeah, yeah, look, you're probably going to feel better about yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, it was just wait until Josh really fucks up his life and then you'll feel <laughs> you a lot better. better. So much better yeah, about your exactly. life. That's, yeah, so, look, that's... Uh, <laughs> look, you know, it, it, that wasn't... That wasn't what that they told me. It was just one of those things I worked out internally that I probably needed to do. Uh, and Connell, once the situation had been explained to a few people that realised what I'd gone through, I think uh, there was an in, uh, inclination to get something like State Night started back up, which really worked. Um, a lot of people got involved then. Uh, but there's a certain irony to that because we, it was it was and, and we're the sort of three sort of stalwarts yourself, yep. um, me and Connell. You, it was instigated through your breakup. Yep. And then subsequently, Connell ended up going through yep. a divorce in the. Yeah, rough. Yeah, not too long after. And yep. then, of course, I've now ended up in the same boat. Yep. Perhaps it's, we're actually fucking cursed, Reese. Maybe it's my As a result of you. <laughs> Maybe it is my fault. Maybe I'm the root of all evil. You're like, <laughs> I hate people that much. That I'm I'm gonna, gonna, I can't deal with relationships <laughs> with people, so I'm going to fuck all of yours up. I'm just going to tear everyone down to my level. Reese, <laughs> fuck you. I can't believe you're the reason my marriage broke up. Oh, that, that explains so much. <laughs> you with all your fucking money, money bags, Vanderside over here, just tearing people's marriages apart. How dare you? Oh, that, that just, now that you've explained it like that, you know, you're never gonna, you're never going to be able to read or see it the no, correct way ever again. No, no. This, uh, <laughs> so I, I cannot have any more friends that are going to have marriages because it's all over now. So <laughs> Ian showed up for a while. Yeah, that's yep. true. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd suggest Jeremy stop coming. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's so to speak. You've, you've, <laughs> the uh, right. So the you've got. That you got your career, you got your seven point two billion dollars an hour. What is it? Is what well, is there anything I guess right now that's actually scaring you? What are you scared of from from this point in your life? Is there something? Is there a fear that drives you forward, or is it um, a, a need to continue conquering, or is it a uh, or is it a combination of the two? Uh, look, my biggest fear is probably. I don't know if I have a fear. Like the, the my biggest struggle at the moment is money. Um, 
Although that one that one point seven, two seven point two seven, seven two, that doesn't stretch very far. <laughs> so particularly when you got a flyer, that's why you're not good with money. You yeah. don't even know about the other six billion dollars yeah, exactly. you get per hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look, no, look. I'd speak to your accountant. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he may know where the other $6 billion is. It's probably in his pocket. He's probably charging all that. Yeah. So, Payback for breaking his marriage yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> now it all makes sense. All right, yeah. No, so, look, my biggest issue is probably money. Like, there's not a lot of money in motorsport. The glory days of cigarette sponsorship and alcohol sponsorship and big dollar manufacturer budgets is long gone. Uh, Do you see um, vape companies sponsoring the supercars? Ah, it's probably not too far away, actually. Shit, there I was are, joking. No, no, there is vape companies that sponsor lesser, lesser classes, so I can only... I'm thinking of coming up with my own... Because I'm, I'm vaping now, because um, having an ex-wife actually takes up all of the money that I would otherwise be smoking. <laughs> so the uh, I've thought about start, starting my own vape company, but calling it... So you've got like Vaporesso and all these brands... But I would have my own brand called Douche Flute. Douche Flute. Yeah. I feel if you just bought that domain, you could use it for so many things you're up to. I might buy it right now. (laughs) I'll see what's available. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, right. So, we're seeing the future of people. How about electric cars? I mean, they... F1 arguably doesn't sound too different to electric vehicles anymore at the moment yeah they made a big change with uh going to a hybrid power system um but they still make a noise as opposed to formula e which is just tire noise mostly so and it sounds like scale electric cars but with a lot more tire noise say that again not the the whole thing but what's the name of the slot car set scale electric scale x trick scale x what do you mean yeah fuck i know right Scale tricks yes. is what I thought it was as a kid. Yeah. Scale X trick. Scale. Say it again. Scale trick. Scale X trick. No. Reese, I would not lie to you. Yes, you not would. a man of your caliber. <laughs> it is S C A L E X T R I C. Scale X trick. There you go. Fucking ruined my childhood. It's ruined my life right that now. That and uh, that snuffleupagus. Was an imaginary friend of Big Bird. I didn't know that. And Bert and only a gay. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew that one. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Bert. (laughs) Hey, Ernie. (laughs) Want a hand job? Yes. (laughs) No. Not again. Got some AIDS. Not again. (laughs) That's well. That was. I'm not saying that disrespectfully, (laughs) but that actually (laughs) happened. Is that one of the uh, Sesame Street characters had to get AIDS? Because that's an accurate representation of our society. It was a 1980-something. So seriously, Scale X-Trick. Put that one in... Seri- it's fucking hard to say. Right, well... I'm Scale X-Trick. No. Now you just say slot cars. I'll, just, I'll say AFX now. <laughs> just to really screw with you. <laughs> Fuck, I used to love playing with slot cars when I was a kid. Yep. We had the uh, Bathurst. I think every kid had the Bathurst and Fuck the one with the loop-to-loop. Yes. And then and you can go up the wall yeah, as well. Yeah, and then you combine the Bathurst and the loop-to-loop. Never did that. Oh, you're missing out. I was one. I was a stickler for the instructions. I would never like build something with Lego that wasn't the exact instructions that I was given. Really? Yeah. I couldn't would, do it. I would always build it. Oh, well, why the fuck? If they wanted me to do it a different way, why didn't they put that in the book? Uh, so you're just not you're not unleashing the creative side. You what you do you do is you build it with the instructions, and you go throw the instructions out, and then you just do what the fuck you like. Right. Yep. 
like pronounce Scalex trick wrong. Yeah, it's well, like fuck your English. Look, I've gotten through thirty-two <laughs> years with Scalex trick, and I'll get through the next thirty-two just fine. <laughs> Scalex trick. Thirty-two, thirty-four. So bad. How, How old are you? I have no idea. I've lost track. When were you born? Eighty-three. No, it must be eighty-three. Yes, it must be. Reese, we're the same age. You're thirty-six. Oh, jeez, I lost. I stopped. Stop counting after. Oh, hold on, no, you'd be thirty-six. This. Yeah, thirty-six in February. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. February just gone. So, oh, happy birthday for February. That was a long time ago. Uh, no, for next February. I'm okay. getting in early. Right. I beat all. I beat all your <laughs> other mates to yeah. it. Shows how much of a true friend I am. Scalex trick. Yes. Right. So you're sitting here with your uh, your hands in your pockets. Yes. Your that's because your dog's beautiful, been, beautiful dog's shiny been, head. His dog's been licking my hands. I've got to hide them from him. I've instructed her, based on the fact you've broken my marriage up, to <laughs> slowly start to eat you. Okay, cool. She well, has hydrochloric acid for saliva. That explains the burning sensation. <laughs> that could be gonorrhea. <laughs> okay. We don't know. Oh, okay. I'll have to go get some tests then. <laughs> the, um, you've... So you diversify, you're trying to diversify, I guess, your business. Yes. So you, you're obviously hitting the, the social media hard. So ch- check you out on the Instagrams, which is... Well, which Instagrams? Do you want to check oh, out... Can, all of them, Do Reece. you want to check me out personally or commercially? That's, that's Both. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll put the links in the, uh, the doobly-doo anyway. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Inside Media is the business, uh, yep. which is on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. And me personally is R. Vanderside. So R. Vanderside, and they sp- you spell that as like like it sounds, except with a Y for the yeah, I. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Diversification. So that's that's your business thing. Do you feel like it's going to grow you, or do you feel like you're growing yourself as an individual? Yeah, as well, well, like stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I've kind of been out of my comfort. Well, if you're running your own business, put you out of com- your comfort zone anyway. Like it's not. Um, there's nothing about it that's normal particularly motorsport like there's nothing you don't rock up to the office on Monday at 9am and do your work there's nothing like you rock up at a racetrack on Thursday uh, trying to hustle to get business um, as as best as I can do uh, talking to people and uh, then you go and shoot race cars for three or four days depending on where and what we're racing Uh, then you've got to edit those photos push that stuff out so which will like they're really long days by the time you get to the track before sunrise and you leave well after sunset and then you've got to still sit down and do a couple of hours of work. Um, so like the, it's not a standard job, so it's well outside the comfort zone for most people. And I've seen a lot of people come and go trying to do it as well. So mm. um, like people show up and think that what we do is quite easy. You just click a button and take some photos. So yeah, look, it, it's, I think it's, just the industry as a whole is outside of, of anybody, most people's comfort zones with the amount of travel. Well, what do you what do you think people's comfort zone is? I don't know. So you're saying it's outside of it. Well, I think people like consistency. Um, predictability. Predictability, knowing what's what, what's where, um, and just the general nature of uh, what I do and um, and the industry as a whole is... So is it, is it possible then at this this point you again you're at the top of your game as far as we can go in effectively right yeah with your 7.2 billion dollars <laughs> per hour this, is it possible that you can spend money to go out drive your car or your plane or helicopter whatever w- one of your vehicles you so happen to choose yes. to take out is it possible you can take one of those out for a weekend go out and shoot some cars driving through the sand and whatever 
The, the gravel traps, I think they yeah, call no, them. Yeah, that's the one. Or kitty litter also. I know my motorsport tech yeah, terminology. They, 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 they tend to take the kitty litter out of the equation once they're just a big flock of cats down there. So they actually started using gravel. Actual gravel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. The, uh, is, is there the possibility, though, that you can go away for an entire weekend? But let's say you go to Perth. So yep. what's a flight to Perth worth? 400 bucks or something like that? Oh, even more. Like Because we travel with its peak... Because we're a big national event, uh, and, and you're going with a whole bunch of people, so they jack the price. Yeah, the p- prices get jacked up. Hotels get jacked up. Rental cars get jacked up. Like it's, it's surge pricing with everything we do. So yeah, look, there are weekends there where I lose two or three grand by just going. Like uh, so, Darwin, I lost two and a half grand uh, money out of my own pocket. Was it your coke habit? No, <laughs> no. Surprisingly hard to get in. You'd think it'd be much easier in Darwin. No, it's not. Uh, look, no. Look, so but it's only like two and a half hours from um, what's just north of Darwin, like Bali, not Australia, in- Indonesia. That bit. Yeah, Indo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, look. So yeah, look. There, are, it's all swings and roundabouts. So um, I set my prices based on what I expect to project to earn over the course of the year. Um, and the customers I expect to have over the course of the year, and uh, I know that there are going to be events I'm going to lose a lot of money on. So uh, is that a case of you not making any money going to the event? That's make, It's costing me money to be at the event. Yeah, but as in like you've had no income from it. So you've gone there, you're like, I hope I hope someone crashes and dies because I'm going to make my money. <laughs> yeah, there are a bit... There, there are a bit but, like, but, so you, no, nothing happens, it's yep. just a boring run-of-the-mill event. Everyone gets over the... Everyone's happy and then you can't sell a single photo. I, well, I'm never in a situation where I'm not sending, selling a single photo because I do have relationships with auto action. Um, so I'll supply them with photos from every event I attend. Um, so I'll get some income, but in some cases that might be $30. Oh, so fuck. So... There could be an event that's cost me two or three grand to get to, and the maximum amount of money I earn out of that event is thirty dollars. Fucking hell! So you're still you're still in that position where you you kind of forced to do it for the love. Yeah, it's it's a passion based thing. Like you can't you can't do the motorsport, you can't do the travel, you can't do the long hours, you can't do all of it w- without a degree of passion to it because it's just. So what's gonna be your uh, what's gonna be your big payday? What do you think? How are you? How are you? Like you obviously love doing it. What What do you suspect is your um, your like get fucked money? I don't. I honestly don't think that I'll get that in motorsport. Like the, it's the other things that I'll do. Well, porn's not going to make you much money. Not with this figure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shooting it. Not <laughs> Although. <laughs> <laughs> you can just wear a GoPro uh, yeah. head head de- de- yeah. De- gear thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, look, um, VR's coming in, you, in ter- coming no, in, so no, to speak, yeah. in porn. So nobody needs to see that in first virtual person. Yeah. FPV. Yeah. Turns out, if you put FPV into some of your favourite porn sites, you get some interesting footage. So, word to the wise. Yeah, that's uh, that's some that's some home research that needs to be done, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely do it at home. Yeah. You're not using my inter- you're not borrowing my porn pipe for your pleasure. Uh. <laughs> so you get fucked money. So you, um, I think we touched on at the pub uh, everything. <laughs> but the, uh, it's not very personal at the pub. We started getting we've started getting table service now at the pub. This is fantastic. Yep. This is what you just keep showing up to somewhere, and eventually they're like, 
you guys, what you're not, you're not going to go. Well, so. Either that, or they're going to shut down and rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Uh, the you you're starting a podcast. Yes. What's it called? Uh, my podcast is called The Inside Line. Ooh, another good play <laughs> on words. Inside Line is in line of not drugs. No, no. Like no. as in racing. Well, or the phone line or any other sort of, literally any other line that doesn't involve cocaine. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to this. <laughs> kind of sounds shit. <laughs> What's uh, what's the subject that you're going to be talking? Subjects you're going to be talking to up and coming racers. Yeah, look. So what I'm trying to do is again with the motorsport type side of things, and what I've done with trying to help kids with the commercial side of things and their personal development and the social media and all of that sort of stuff, is the my podcast going to be about talking to the people that know shit about things. Uh, which, That's very descriptive. Yeah, very descriptive. Particularly, shit I know about, things about shit. Oh no, see, I can't talk to you about it. That's just, you got, you're in the wrong area. So. Well, not in Germany. I'd fit right in. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, you're in Yoda land. Um, look, the what I'm trying to do is talk to the people that know things. So, team owners, sponsors, young drivers, drivers have done it for a while. Different people from the industry, and get their suggestions, advice, feedback on what young drivers should be doing. Um, Stop crashing. Crashing is very expensive. Go faster. Yes. Also very good advice. There you go. You don't need your podcast. So... I just filled that hole. Oh, that's... that's Reese. there are certain things that I'm going to (laughs) say and they're just going to sound dirty. Yep. I just filled that hole. I can't help that that sounds dirty. Even Uh, if I changed it to not use the word hole, I say I just filled that need. Yeah. It still sounds wrong. A little less wrong, though. At work a few years ago, I, um, uh, you know, the, the saying, can I ask for a favour? I went up to somebody, and this is this was a common saying in the Seinfeld days, uh, can you do me a solid? Yes. And then I saw the little smile on your face then. <laughs> I say, can you do me a solid? And somebody at work turns around and goes, I don't know why. You say that, and it sounds like you want someone to shit on you. <laughs> Josh, it's just you. Exactly. Yeah. I can't fucking help that. <laughs> no, no, but it's just you. It doesn't matter what you say. You say it. You say, can you do me a solid? Can you do me a solid? Yeah, that doesn't sound like you want <laughs> no, me to shit on you. No. Right. And I'd be very grateful if you didn't. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you 20 bucks then. Go fuck yourself. No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Right, so the the uh, so you're talking to the up and comers, giving them the see even that sounds bad. <laughs> How about you just take over from now? <laughs> what I'm doing is talking to the guys that are trying to develop their careers. So the guys that are coming out of go karting and starting to step up to motorsports uh, proper, or well, not that karting's not proper motorsport, but like a level of. If you're like Grant Daniel's size, that's sweet. Yeah, there are definitely guys that that, uh, karting is exactly the right size for. But uh, yeah, so and help them develop the skills that they need to go forward because a lot of them don't understand it. They haven't learnt it. Nobody's taught them the information. Uh, And it only comes from years of experience or or being placed in the right teams where they go, okay, look, the right teams will tell you the right information to build their careers. But unless you're involved with those right teams, which may take you three or four years to get to to start with, then you're not going to have you're not going to build those things up from day dot. So what I'm trying to do is help those guys 
learn things, put relationships in place from the start so that when they start getting to supercars, Porsches, GT racing, trying to go overseas, they've done these things that are going to help them because that's going to be really, that's going to be the thing that I can go, look, I made an impact on this kid's life and he ended up being the next Daniel Ricciardo or the next Will Power or the next Craig Lowndes or something like that. And while it's probably not going to be financially rewarding, uh, I'm going to... Spiritually. I'm going to sit there on the couch one day when I'm old watching them win whatever championship they have to be racing in and take a bit of uh, pride in that because I will have had some effect on it. Right. Well, that's uh, that's quite a... A nice. It's it's a good. It's a feel good thing. Yeah. So where can people find the the audio bites that you're laying down? Uh so DJ Vanderside, <laughs> MC Vanderside. So definitely not a DJ nor an MC. Uh, look, it will. Be, at this stage, it'll probably end up on my website. Uh, right. So, so you just in, link it up there. Yeah, insidemedia.com.au. And then what I'll do is it'll end up on all of the podcast players at some point when those things sort themselves out. Cool. All right. Um, it would be a good point to wrap it up, but I really feel like we've got one or two more topics in you. No, 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 no. I do not have any topics in me. Do not go searching for them. What? You can pick any car. So you've got your $7.2 billion an hour. You can pick any car, obviously. It's a lot of money. What are you going to drive right now? Um, has to be practical because you've you've got to take a bunch of photography gear around with you. Yeah, and a lot of the nice cars are not necessarily practical. I've worked that out from experience trying to ca- carry some of that photo gear to photo shoots in those cars. <laughs> um, so you get a Lamborghini something and you just you no. can't even fit your uh, photo gear on the passenger seat. I can't fit in a bloody Lamborghini. I've driven them. They're not. How fun. tall are you? Uh, six three. Jesus, Reese. Uh, the Aventador, I've actually driven the Aventador and I don't fit. Like, I physically do not fit. I've got to drive, it's like, head 90 degrees to the roof line just because that's, it's just so small. The roof explain line. what happened to your hair. Yes. It, driving all those supercars. Friction. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, look, uh, the, and the Huracan's better. It's much, there's a bit more room in it, but it's still, it's not a comfortable car. Like, it's a very fun car, but it's mm. not a comfortable car to go and do the sort of like you you wouldn't drive to Brisbane it just doesn't work uh, firstly you couldn't fit your clothes and stuff in there to get there but uh, uh, look I've driven a lot of cars uh, probably the car that I would actually look to purchase myself uh, is the BMW X2 M35i I think that's the I think it's only 70 or 80 grand for X2 X2 as in that like uh, soft rotor yeah it's a soft wanker shit that yeah, nobody asked for yeah 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 basically but it's X2 got X2 though that's fucking tiny yeah but it's got all the M4 go fast bits in it and it's a complete sleeper car so right. so not l- as good as uh, what was it the um, 135 that 135 hatch. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. that was a good no, no, car. There's a new one of those coming out, and it's basically the same thing, but it's in that soft road of four-wheel drive thing, so you can go a few more places with it. So, look, in terms of that's something that I've driven, that I've liked, and would actually genuinely look at purchasing if I was uh, looking to purchase a new car and could afford it. What are they What are they going to run for retail? They're What's the retail on one of those bad boys? 70 or 80 More ca- than you can afford, pal. Yes. Ferrari. Unless you're, char- unless you're making 1.7. Yeah, something like that. So, look, that, that's probably the one car where I would have gone, okay, look, that's... 
that would be something that in my uh, it would actually be feasible to purchase. Um, in terms of uh, something a bit more grand, I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't know. All these different cars have different. I'd go an F one fifty Raptor. Yeah, that's a fucking wonderful car. It's the, the shit story is though here in Australia. So in the US, you pick the V six twin turbo jobby up for what thirty five forty grand or something US. Yep. yep. That same car here in Australia converted is a hundred and eighty thousand Australian dollars. Yeah, look, you've got luxury car tax in there. You've got duties five percent, um, and then you've got the Australia tax just because we're Australia. And yeah, oh my fucking god, I can't believe it. The conversion cost is is not that much money. It's a fucking joke, Reese. It's an absolute fucking joke. But that's uh, and that's the nature of the industry. That's the reason I haven't bought one. Yep. It's because of how much it is, yeah, and me being broke. Also a factor, yes. Nah, that's, who are you kidding? Me? <laughs> I know you. I'm rich as fuck. <laughs> like inside, though. Yes, yeah, spiritually. Spiritually, like, very, very. I'm woke yeah, as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find out what woke means one day. I believe it's the. the it doesn't matter what it means. <laughs> I still hold my own opinions. Yeah, yeah. Right, Reese. Uh, I've uh, really enjoyed sitting down and have a chat with you. Really? You sure about that? Fucking loved it. Thank <laughs> good. I apologise that my dog was licking you. No, that's okay. I'll I'll recover from well, that. She at did some also point. Li- lick me. Um, so uh, out there to the uh, the listeners that we do have, um, lots of guys have reached out and said they've found some solace in the fact that uh, they can hear other people just kind of struggling with the same shit that they have. Um, Reese, you're more of a success story. Uh, at, at this stage, at, the, at this stage of my life, give me a chance. I, I can screw it up again. <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can to possibly fucking jeopardise your career from this point, based on the <laughs> fact he ruined my marriage intentionally. <laughs> and I'm going to get Connell on your back as well. Yeah. I know he's still lodging your basses at this point, so he's going to accidentally mislodge the next one. Um, he did a right out of it, though. He's 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 traded up. Ooh, well played. Yep. Nice one. Yeah, that's true. He has actually. Uh, Connell's going to jump on the um, on the mic, put the cans on sometimes sometime next week. Um, guys, if you're uh, in that position where you're feeling uh, depressed, anxious, reach out to uh, thirteen eleven fourteen. If you want to shoot some audio love through to us, please give us a buzz on zero two nine five four one eight four five zero. Leave up to thirty seconds worth of uh, love and/or hate or indifference if you uh, if you so desire. Check out Reese Vanderside. What was your uh, your Instagrams again? Uh, so Inside Media is the business, and Arben- Inside Media. So it does sound slightly pornographic. Well, only from the inside. Oof. Yeah, all internal, <laughs> yes. so to speak. Right. So Inside Media. Yes. Uh, on, on the Instagram? On the Instagram, the Twitter, and uh, the Facebook. And just uh, my personal Instagram is rvanderside. rvanderside. Um, head over to uh, to blogsadvice.com, who we are in no way affiliated with, nor do we represent, but they do do some good work over there. And uh, as always, guys, you're not alone out there. Uh, you're doing a good job and everything's going to be okay. Until next time, take it easy. Thanks for coming in, Reese. No worries. Thank you for having me.